Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table. I started this podcast five and a half years ago because uh, I realized that one thing was true, and that is success leaves clues. And basically, I wanted access to really smart people who were doing cool things because I run a small business. I mean, I'm a solopreneur, but at the same time, there's so many parts of business, whether you're one person or a hundred person or thousands of people, there's so many things that we can learn from each other. That's why I started this show. Now we're over 550 episodes and still going strong. And I think that this program is more important to me and the listeners than it ever has been because of everything that's been going on for the last really just few weeks. Uh, this show will air a couple of weeks after I record it. So about five weeks ago from the time you're listening to this, things were moving along pretty strong. There was a little worry about this virus that was coming out of some other countries, but it hadn't hit yet. And then on a Monday, just several weeks ago, I watched all of my business evaporate. Every conference that I was speaking at from March through June, through the end of May, all either postponed or rescheduled. I also watch things like I have a high school senior daughter. I watch things like her prom and her graduation get put on hold. Will they happen? It's still up in the air. And I have a daughter who was supposed to get married on May 16th, who her venue called and said will be closed. And it really made me realize that this isn't just about business. It's not just about me getting on a stage to speak or whatever. This is impacting people at all levels of their personal life and their careers. And so what I've been trying to do is bring really interesting interviews with people from different industries who are finding ways to navigate what's going on. And today we're gonna talk retail, especially small retail. I have with me today, Amy Saldana, and she is the owner and operator of a store called Kitty Wampus, love the name, uh, that is located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And she is also a very active member of the American Specialty Toy Retail Association, known as Astra, and that is the Independent Toy Store Association. And I will tell you what, uh, I know Amy and I know the people at Astra because I have had the pleasure of being one of their keynote speakers and their master of ceremonies for the last four years at their giant event that they have every summer. And so I have gotten to know a lot about what goes into retail. And I just knew I had to get Amy on the phone because she is the incoming chair of the association. And right now, like so many associations and so many industries, there's a lot of flux going on with what's going to happen with the economy, 
how long are we going to be quarantined, uh, not being able to gather? And I said, let's talk about what's happening in small retail. So Amy, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, it is an absolute thrill to be with you this morning. Thank you for allowing me to pull my chair up to yours. <laughs> um, as you know, we at Astra love and adore what you do for our conference, not only uh, helping to MC the event, but also injecting a whole bunch of of extra creativity and energy into the event. So thank you. It's a it's an honor to be here. Well, I'm 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 very fortunate when when there's actual work to do and I get to actually work with associations. I I do get to work with some amazing people like the staff and the members at at Astra and so many others and uh, so so it is it is kind of fun. Uh, I love your enthusiasm and your voice even though we're going through kind of these hiccups in our world right now. Uh, that's one thing I always say every year after spending so many years with Astra. Toy store people are fun people. Absolutely, we are fun people. I mean, I think for us, the challenge right now is, I mean, I think, one, we've all run out of adjectives to describe the current situation. <laughs> Unchartered, new territories. Uncertain, scary, overwhelming. All these things. So I think for us as Astra members and for small retailers, it's really about um, kind of three things. And, and first, of, first of which is deciding what's possible for us in this space. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Kitty Wampus, how long you've had the store, how you got started in the toy industry. Yes. Yeah, so actually, I am an attorney. I am barred in Illinois. So I practiced law for a couple of years. Then I worked for a series of years in digital startups. Wait a minute. You're you're too fun to be an attorney. That's not fair. I have a lot of attorney Recovering friends. Attorney. I used right. to I used to be the director of marketing for five years for two big Amlaw 100 firms for their Austin and Dallas offices. So I make fun of the attorneys, but, uh, but you would have been, been one of the more fun ones. <laughs> I'm not sure I was this much fun as an attorney, but uh, you know, I worked in the, in the digital world as uh, for startups for several years. Then I was a stay at home mom for a while. 14 years ago, I opened up Kitty Wampus as the toy store I always wanted for my kids. Uh, where kids could come in and just have a blast. Uh, at Kitty Wampus, we never use the E word, educational. We don't talk about that. We look for high quality open-ended toys and then we figure the rest will take care of itself. In addition to being a retail space, we also do a couple of hundred birthday parties a year. We have weekly classes, story times, special events. And right now we're under construction actually to add on a community play area. Uh, no, no ETA on when we'll open that up, but... Um, but certainly it, it amplifies kind of the need for community that we have. The idea of a community play area sounds so awesome, like in all <laughs> other things that are going on in the world. Let's just say right now it's where we're receiving inventory. Um, however, and I think, you know, one of one of the points for all of us is that, you know, this this will end at some point. Our world might never be exactly the same, but our kids can want to play together and need to play together in the future once it's safe. Absolutely. So why did you get involved with your trade association and then get on the board and, and now serve? Because I'm, I'm really involved in the association world and I think that it's one of the smartest things anyone can do is to get involved with their industry association. But what drew you into Astra? Absolutely. You know, for me, it's a lifeline. I love uh, being a small uh, retailer. I love being a business owner. Um, that said, it, is, it can be a lonely existence because there are certain things that you can't share with employees, customers, with anyone else. And there's also a shorthand uh, that goes into, you know, that you have with other retailers. Uh, I can sit at Astra uh, or, or post something on the listserv and within a couple of minutes get a response back and someone will know exactly what I'm talking about. So that sense of community. And then also, um, I have to say, 
you know, at Kitty Wampus, we say we're inspired by others. We don't say we take ideas, but let's face it, you know, the Astro World in particular is really giving. I can call up other retailers and say, hey, I really like that thing you posted on social media. Will you help me do it? And nine times out of 10, people will say, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I look at it for new ideas and also for a sense of community. And it puts you in touch with people who are really good at this. Well, and especially for someone in your business, right? If you're a small, locally focused specialty toy store in Tacoma, your store in Minneapolis is not a competition. If you're doing the same type of birthday party, who cares? I mean, it's just a great, it's a great way to share with your community. Absolutely. And, and we leverage those ideas all the time. In fact, I, I mean, I would go a little bit further and say that for us in the specialty toy world, you know, I don't look at other toy stores in the Twin Cities as competition. I want I want as many of them to exist as possible. I cannot be the only toy store. I can, you know, it's not a thing if there's one store. I need for kids to go to the toy store on Saturday mornings to pick out a gift for their friend's birthday party. I want that to be a routine that that millions of kids do across the United States. And, you know, I think they do it all over the place. So, uh, so I think in the specialty toy world, we look at, we look at competition even a little bit differently. So you have, you know, this situation the last several years where everybody was like, Oh, small little local retail, you know, the internet. Well, first of all, I guess it was the Walmarts of the world and everybody said, Oh, they'll never survive. And, and certainly retail in general took a hit from that. And then the internet came on and everybody said the same thing. And yet I see small specialty retail stores in all different verticals that thrive in communities, yours being one of them. So how do you thrive in a changing world, you know, more than six weeks ago? How do you thrive in that changing world where there's big box and then there's uh, uh, Internet? You know, here's the thing. In a pre-COVID-19 world, we, we know that um, Actually, experience is key. I think what people are looking for in general is absolute connection with each other. People are busier than ever. Parents are more exhausted than ever. They're looking for fun things to do with their kids. They want to have an experience that is meaningful and positive. And it that kind of connection showcases us at our absolute strength. Where else can you walk in but that at a, but then in a small business and, and be greeted by name? We know when your child's birthday is. We know who's potty training. We know the last thing you bought. I mean, absolute connection. Where else can, you know, a, a child can walk in and feel like they own the place because they've been there a million times. It's, it's, a, it's a routine that they do. That sense of connection and community, that is what small independent business is all, is all about. And that is really where we thrive. Customer service is absolutely key. And the extra things we do for our customers will never be matched by Big Box or Amazon. They just cannot compete with, with this at that level. Well, I've spent 15 years of my life teaching people that it really does come down to connections. All opportunities in life really come from people. And when you make an effort, no matter what you do for a living, whether you're an attorney or you own a toy store or you're a professional speaker or, or whatever you do, if you can find ways to, to have an experience with people, to make them feel better because they've interacted with you than they did before they interacted with you, you're, you're gonna win in the long run. So I, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, and I think... Well, and I was I was just going to add to that. I think that's exactly the point, Tom. And to take it a further, I think all independent retail has that opportunity. But who more than a toy store, right? <laughs> We're all about the fun and positivity and whimsy and delight and magic of childhood. When you walk into our stores, you look around and you just know you're in you're in a special magical place. Who doesn't need that in their lives, right? And I love the fact that you avoid the e word because, well, of course, for children, education is so important. You know, 
play itself is education. And in fact, in Astra, you guys have like like all associations, people have different designations that you can earn as a professional in that vertical, in that industry. Like in in my world, in the National Speakers Association, there's a thing called uh, the CSP. That is the Certified Speaking Professional. There's only about a thousand people in the world. I mean, there's 20,000 people who call themselves speakers, but only about a thousand of them have qualified for and applied for and earned the CSP. I'm proud to be a CSP for the last six years. Uh, and that certified speaking professional is that designation for the National Speakers Association. Now, Astra has one that I think is awesome. What is that designation? It is the certified play expert. We are very proud of that. Absolutely. It is so cool to be a certified. I I just want, I, I, I thought about going and applying to become a certified play expert, even though I'm not in your business, because I thought how fun to be even doing what I do as a speaker and say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a, you know, a CPE and a CSP. Well, and by the way, you should, because one of the things that that course talks about is how is play across the ages, right? I mean, for us as toy retailers, we understand the importance of play. It is how kids learn. It's how kids are engaged. We know that that deepest level of learning takes place when kids are really engaged with a a fabulous open-ended toy. We also know that our largest growing consumer market um, is boomers and and older people who are thinking about mental acuity and and all sorts of, of things. So actually play is great for everyone and I and I I think you should come and be a certified play expert. You would love it. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, after spending four years working with your association, I, I oddly, I don't work in the toy business, but every time I go buy a toy store, I look to see if they have an Astra sticker in their window that says they're a member. And like, I travel all over the country and I end up in, in really cool, like uh, downtown squares where a lot of your types of stores exist. And I always take a look at that. Or if I'm in, if I go in, I always ask, oh, are you an Astra member? And every now and then I'll walk in the store and ask that. They go, we know you. You're the guy from the conference. You're famous in the toy world. What can you do, Tom? <laughs> well, you know, we, we all we all need our, our 15 minutes of fame. Yes, we do. So, Amy, let's switch gears here and let's talk about 2020. Uh, I don't know that, well, you know, we knew we've been in a boom for 11 years and, you know, an upward tick of the economy. And we all know, if, if we're smart, that every boom is followed by some sort of, of a downturn. Uh, although I also remind people that every downturn is also followed by a boom. So don't get too freaked out. However, I don't think we saw this coming. I mean, only science fiction novels basically had everybody in the world being asked to stay home to avoid some sort of a virus. So we, we couldn't have predicted this. I mean, there, I had a friend the other day who said, well, we could have if you looked at no, I, it, the average person just wouldn't have thought it could have gotten to this level. So in my world, as I said, sort of in the intro, Everything ended. The day the business died was like a single day for me where two and a half months worth of conferences rescheduled or canceled altogether. Uh, It was a little slower for some other industries. However, that little slower was only about three weeks long. And all of a sudden, everyone's being impacted. And the long tail of this is going to have an impact on our economy. So let's talk about the retail world and toy stores. What, what, What happened? So first off, I, I agree. It's completely unprecedented. I mean, we could never have predicted that we'd have Astra members under state and local orders to shut their businesses. That's just never happened to us before. Um, so I think that although the economy has been in a boom, however, I will say that I think independent toy stores have been facing challenges for years. Um, everything from the Amazon threat that you talked about to big box last year, of course, remember the the tariff threats and, and kind of there were some tariffs that came through on some categories of 
toys and outdoor equipments and things like that. So this is certainly not the first challenge that our industry has has hit. And we have survived all of those. In fact, I think it's made us stronger. So so the one thing that we're talking about is that although this is really big and scary, I mean, I, I think those are two words we could easily use for COVID-19. I mean, I think I think um, we are recommending that to small business owners and particularly ASTRA members, um, a particular set of actions. And, and the first of that is to literally take action. It's really easy to be a part of the downward spiral here. And if I you know, curl up in my pajamas with the jar of Nutella and I'm just on social media or I'm listening to certain news broadcasts, that is going to make it really hard for me to be in a position where I can think big about my business. Of course, it's scary. It's uncertain. That is a given. The question for us, I think, as retailers is, what are we going to do about that? So the first thing we're recommending is for small business owners to take action, call your creditors, call your landlord, find out if the SBA is going to be helpful to you and you will qualify for a loan. Find out if your employees are eligible for unemployment in your state due to COVID-19. Figure out what your break-even is. Figure out what you absolutely knew to do. You know, need to do to stay open, even if you are shut down. So one of the things that uh, I've been paying attention to, because I, I sort of a couple years ago developed a personal motto for my life and business around trying new things. I found out about myself that I had only kind of really done things in my life that I thought I would be good at. So a few years ago, I started trying things. So I'm, I'm very accustomed to watching what are people doing? And I think there's never been a more important time for the motto of try new things than during this COVID crisis. So what are some of the things that you've seen some specialty toy stores do where they're trying something new in addition to, like you said, checking your finances, helping your employees, doing all that? What are some of the things people have done uh, sort of on the cool side? Let me give you an example of what I saw on the news. There's a, 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 a bar, a drinking place, a bar in Austin that obviously is shut down because bars and restaurants are all closed. And the bartender and the owner are doing an hour long Zoom video where she teaches people to mix drinks at home every single night and they're logging on so that, you know, they're not charging for it, but they're just finding a way to touch people in the community, hoping that when the doors open, people will want to come in to their bar because there'll be a lot of choices. So what are things like that that you see people doing where they're trying something, you know, maybe it's not making them money, but they're, they're doing it. You know, I, that's a that's a great point. And, and the one if there is one silver lining, if there's one upside is that some of the old rules don't apply. And I have been really amazed at what I've seen local retailers and, and retailers in Astra doing. You know, a month ago, maybe that retailer said, I'm never going to do Facebook Live. I don't want to be on video. I'm intimidated. I don't quite get it. Those retailers are crushing it right now on social media because they decided that they just wanted to talk to their customers and they were just going to take a chance. So I am seeing some really interesting things on social media from shopping events uh, on Facebook Live to taking pictures to whatever is necessary to get um, themselves front and center. So I I saw a retailer uh, in the South that actually brought in a local company to make a kind of a a 3D video of the the layout of their store so that people could shop it, even though all their products weren't online. People are investigating what are quick ways for me to move some of my products online. And I've also seen, you know, so that's one thing is that I've seen people do really creative things just to make sure that they, that they're able to sell if, if that's a possibility in their state jurisdiction. The other thing that I'm seeing though is, you know, this is actually a huge opportunity for us as small retailers to increase 
our brand awareness. So thinking about what are what are what's the personality of our store? What are we known for? I mean, at Kitty Wampus, we're known for kind of being childlike, quirky, kind of silly, funny. We can amplify that without even if we're not able to sell, we can easily amplify that through our social media videos. So even if you're not able to sell, what can you do to make sure that you are, to your point about the bar in Austin, saying top of mind? Because I think people right now are appreciating something fun, something light. You know, we've always said that our customers are very distracted and busy and running around. That is no longer the case. That might not be. We hope that's never the case again. I've got a lot of time on my schedule right now. Exactly. So taking advantage of that, people are um, so appreciative of kind of fun and quirky things. And I've seen retailers reaching out even with silly things like knock, knock jokes and Lego challenges and, you know, what can be done uh, just to improve people's days. So I've been talking to some of my clients and talking about, you know, how can you make that more personal and less broadcast? Because I noticed starting, you know, the first day everybody was asked to work from home as much as you could just a couple of weeks ago, my number of emails doubled from people sending newsletters that were just pure broadcast. And it was things, it was industries, I don't even have a good example, but it's like, why, you're not even related to COVID-19. Why are you sending, you know, this out? Or it would be like, you know, things that were very, you know, like tell, did I need another newsletter to tell me to wash my hands? <laughs> Wonderful advice. We should take that with us into the future. The 22nd use soap hand wash will help us with colds and flus for generations to come if everybody really adopts it. But I really didn't need that from my dog food supplier. You know, it's like, I don't have a dog. That was a random example. But you get my point is I got, I literally was getting a hundred newsletters a day. You know, it's like my, I usually get like a hundred emails. I literally took a screenshot because I'm going to use this in a speech someday. I took a screenshot of my inbox and Every single thing for the whole screen was a newsletter with a COVID or a coronavirus title. And so we we don't need that. We don't need broadcast. We need more personal. And I think, God, what industry could be more personal and fun and quirky than yours? Well, and that's the thing we always say that in the toy industry world, we can get away with things that perhaps normal businesses couldn't. Um, and, and so we, we can use that every day, right? And and that's the good news is that um, unlike a large corporation, which has to necessarily be a little bit formal, a little bit perhaps more legal. Could you imagine your old law firm sending out goofy little videos? It wouldn't be appropriate and it wouldn't be welcome. And, my, and our customers there would not appreciate it. But in the toy store world, we can get away with all sorts of funny things. And I think independent retailers nationally can do this. You know the personality of your store. What are you known for? If you are a connector, you can still connect. Uh, one of the things that I've seen a lot of local retailers do quite successfully is that instead of, you know, having people shop with them, maybe they're shut down, they are posting things about the local food bank or other success stories, or what are kids in the area doing to stay busy? Little things like that, that's all heart, and that is who we are as independent retailers. I think that is, that's getting a ton of uh, play on social media, and it's just so appreciated. So what can you do that's consistent with your brand, that tells your story? I saw, I can't even remember the toy store owner, uh, it was some toy store in the South, but <laughs> she posted an Insta picture of herself eating eating out of a large bag of like potato chips, like a huge bag. And she was like, this is my day today. I'm, I'm fine. I'm under control. And it made everyone laugh. And it was so appreciated. So what are those things that you can do that are totally within your personality? I will tell you one thing that we're doing at Kitty Wampus. A couple of my customers have reached out to me and said, my kids are having trouble getting along together. Can you, can you talk to them? Wait a minute. That happens in families? Little kids fight with their siblings, especially when they're locked in the same house for three weeks? I'm shocked. Imagine. 
But you know, if I know that that's happening to my customers this afternoon, I will absolutely go in and I will shoot a video talking about that point. And we'll call them little wampers because we're kitty wampus. And we'll talk to them about tools that they can use. I mean, we did a fort building video, how to make a video in your, I mean, this, this is the kind of stuff that we can do because we're all heart and we know our customers. Wait, wait, you did a video on how to build a fort. I'm 53. I want to see that video. I want to build a blanket fort in my living room. I haven't done that since I was six. Tom, your life would be better with a fort in your living room. I agree. I'll send you the video and at least it'll get you started, right? Send me the video. I will build a fort. Awesome. Awesome. But I mean, kind of meeting our customers where they are. If you, we know our customers as, as independent retailers, we know our customers so well, we can speak to them where they are and, and meet them where they are and, and be very persuasive in that regard and very authentic because that's, we're all heart. So you guys sell all kinds of toys and games and puzzles. I would imagine that games and puzzle sales now, if the store was open, would be for those who can still be doing some sort of a retail. I would imagine every parent out there and maybe some older people who are, you know, with nothing to do. My wife has done three jigsaw puzzles in the past week. I'm not a big jigsaw puzzle guy and she doesn't like to let me play because I tend to ignore it hate it and then walk up while she's looking for how does the last little couple pieces and I go oh bam bam and I finish the puzzle so I'm not allowed to play but she's done three and now she's doing tradesies with her sister she just mailed a puzzle that she did of the periodic table which by the way is a hard puzzle Uh, she just mailed it to Chicago to our daughter because her and her fiance are uh, sequestered in a 700 square foot apartment. I said, well, you may have to reschedule the wedding for six months later and it may be distracting, but if you guys can survive 700 feet together for a couple of months, you'll have a perfect marriage. Absolutely. That, but see, that's a great way to look at it. And right there, there's a great idea for a social media video. Do you have customers who are doing that? Or, or maybe that's an idea we pose to them. There's no doubt. Pus, um, puzzles are flying off the shelves. Oh my gosh. Everyone's selling puzzles. I have an idea for, well, of course it doesn't help with actual sales, but I, but I have an idea for someone who's totally closed down. I think you're doing actually like a delivery and, and in front of store pickup, yep, but, that's right. but uh, for somebody who's totally closed down, they could put a bin in front of their store and people could do a puzzle swap. Although maybe that's not sanitary. Bad idea. Forget my idea. Well, but if you could work it out to where you could do that safely or they would sit for a while. I mean, that's the kind of creative thinking that I think retailers are doing all over the country. What if, what's possible? What could I do? Maybe I couldn't have done this a, you know, a, a year ago, but it, does this all of a sudden make sense? Well, the one thing I'm finding with clients across the board and, and just friends and people I know and myself is that you know right now it, it's not necessarily about being salesy because the truth of the matter is is meeting planners don't want me calling up going hey what's your 2021 event schedule like because I'll tell you what they don't know and they're worried about what's happening to my July event and everything else so so calling up to be like hey I'd be great to work for you in the future probably isn't their priority so I heard this term and I've been passing it on and that is that right now it's not about selling helping is the new selling I can't tell you how much I love that because it's absolutely true and it's what we as independent retailers do every single day we solve problems we help in our local communities I think that is that is the best thing and I have to say here at Astro, we have seen many, many manufacturers step up to the plate in this way. We've seen emails from manufacturers, and again, not the big pro forma, long formal thing saying, we're here to help, call us, what do you need? Do you need more dating? Uh, you know, we can't ship right now, but how can we help you? What tools do you need? Do you need 
um, social media assets or things so that you can put things on your website. I mean, that is that is the beautiful part of being part of a very connected network is that you can very quickly have a conversation, solve problems and get things done where you, you couldn't in a, in a larger ecosystem. So I was speaking to an attorney just before we got on to record this, and I was talking about this whole concept of, of how can you help, what can you do? And I said, look, the people who are making human connection, the people who are compassionate, uh, the ones who hear are the ones who are gonna do the best when, when we get back to whatever the new normal is going to be. Because here's the thing, before this started, before this virus began, we had an epidemic of loneliness in our country. And this is not just an introvert extrovert thing. When I talk about this, there was an article written by uh, the former Surgeon General of the United States, uh, Obama's Surgeon General, a guy named Dr. Vivek Murthy. Two years ago, he wrote an article in the Harvard Business Review that will come out as a book in April. The article was about the epidemic of loneliness. The book is gonna be titled Together. Uh, and he, he was doing research on, as Surgeon General, on the op opioid crisis. And what he found is underlying that problem was this epidemic of loneliness. And, and when I talk about it, people go, well, you know, that's, you're saying introverts, extroverts. No, extroverts can be very lonely. In fact, I see it at conferences. The person who's the life of the party at happy hour often feels very alone. And so there's a difference, you know, introverts like solitude. Chosen, my wife's an introvert. Choosing some solitude is different than yes. loneliness. And we had this problem where people feel, dis in a world where we have social media and we have Twitter and we have LinkedIn and we have all this, people feel more alone in some instances than ever before. 20% of Americans admit to feeling alone often or always. And that's a, that's a huge problem. And I was talking to this lawyer and I said, look, we need to take the time to see and hear people. People want to feel noticed and not feel invisible. And I think that that's where when you get to small you know, retail, that's community. People aren't driving in from Chicago to come to Kitty Wampus. They should, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't, you know. Although, however, I will say there are fabulous toy stores in Chicago, so. Ab absolutely, but, but my point being yeah. is that your store and I've never been there, but your store is a beacon of your community within yes. a certain distance. And that's where small retail comes in. Are you seeing people who are in these small retail communities, like maybe uh, like Total Main Street USA, are they working together with their neighbors, like the ice cream store and the, the, the bar and restaurant and the florist? Is, are, are communities coming together in retail? You know, they, they are, first off, you just made the best, most persuasive case for independent retail ever. So thank you for that. That's exactly what we do. And I think the one thing I wanted to mention is I think that technology has actually made us more lonely instead of less, even though we're on our phones and we feel like we're connected. Um, so, you know, social media has the ability to make us feel worse. We know that when someone likes uh, a post, there's a little endorphin rush. And when you don't have that, then you start to feel bummed out. It's a really easy way to feel excluded when you feel like everybody is always together. Everybody, everybody else gets all the likes and my post gets no likes or six likes. And therefore I feel like a loser. Exactly. And we also know that this, this whole effect that even kids now are producing their lives, that they're looking at their lives uh, from another filter to decide what they want to show and showcase and amplify on social media. Um, that is highly, it's not just bad for them. It's just highly disturbing. This is only audio. You can see me because we're filming on video. I'm making a face of that's gross. Yes, it's terrible. Well, and we know it's happening. So this is where I think independent small town Main Street USA is really at its best because you're right. We are out, we are absolutely about connection. And 
And I've seen, at least in my local neighborhood, I'm very active with the local civic organizations. We, I was getting calls from local pastors saying, how do we support? And the, the calls I was getting were basically twofold. What do you need for independent businesses in our, in our neighborhood to survive? Who needs what? And how can we help? And then the follow-up question is always, our schools need to deliver food for people in food insecure environments. And then the third is also, so we, we need to support our food pantry. What's the list of nonprofits and who needs what? Because I think, you know, this, we are a microcosm of a larger society and this is what we do. We lean in and help each other. And, you know, I, I kind of teared up the other day. I don't, I don't know if it'll happen, but I received a call from an association I worked for in 2012 and she was just checking, A, was I still speaking? And B, what topics am I doing 2021? Because they decided for 2021 for all their events, they're only going to hire speakers they've worked with in the past because they wanted to make sure, knowing that as part of the meetings business, speakers were, you know, we were wiped out. There's no live events. There's no need for people on stage. And so I don't know that I'll get it. Over 10 years, they've worked with a lot of people, but she was just checking in. What are your rates? How are you going to do this? What what would be the topic? As we look to next year, she goes, I want to, you know, she goes, I'm going to need like 10 speakers for the year. Um, and I, I want to work with people I've worked with before for 2021. And I thought, you know, God, from your lips to God's ears. Right. Well, but but I think that kind of analysis is being done, whether people are talking about it or not, all all across America right now. Right. When you see a social media post of a small business that's doing something cool or fun or interesting or giving back or helping someone else, that goes into your mind. Right. So there are ways that we can stay top of mind as small business owners uh, and amplify other needs in our community, other inspiring things that we see so that when people are back able to shop with us. We are top of mind. There's no doubt that I've talked to many independent retailers who feel like their brand has gotten stronger in the community. And, and one, it, it amplified what they already had and that people were calling them. I can't tell you the number of, I mean, customers are calling independent retailers saying, we need you. We want you to stay. What do you need? Do you need a gift certificate bought? I don't need anything right now. What can I do? I want you to be here. So just know that we will be in as soon as we're able to. That kind of support it might not be money in the bank right now, but that's when you know as a small business owner, if I consider this situation temporary, which it is at some point, we will all open back up to know that you're not only you have this solid base of support, but that you're cultivating that through social media and your actions so that you emerge stronger. So as we wrap this up, let's look to the future, right? I agree. First of all, I said it before, every boom is followed by some sort of a correction and every bust is followed by a boom. So we will economically come out of this. And we know I'm certainly not a doctor, but we like certainly not a doctor. Science is not my forte. Uh, I believe in science though. That's what the, you know, their science is real. But uh, I will say that, uh, viruses have a life, right? The flu, that a certain strain comes and it goes, you know, COVID-19 most likely will, will live its life of 18 months or whatever they say these cycles are. And hopefully we won't see another one that is this aggressive and, you know, commun- communicable, et cetera. And hopefully we can go another hundred years before we have a pandemic. However, the future is going to have some bumps as we go. We don't know if this is another month or two months or a year or whatever. What are your thoughts? What does the future look like? So first off, I'm trying to think with the end in mind so that when my store is open for business, I know that my customers want want connectivity. They want to come in and feel happy and joyful and have their kids run around looking at all the new toys. So what do I need to do in the short term that's going to put me in the best position to deliver on that? And also thinking creatively about the time that we have, right? Okay, I might have a month to focus 
on my business in ways that I've never been able to because I've been running the store. So what does my website need to be like? What what do I want to learn? What new point of sale? What can I do to just kind of um, make my uh, organization leaner and help it grow? And, and although there's no doubt that there are going to be bumps in the road and the, the economics, you know, certainly are going to have an impact. We have been through challenges before. This is an unprecedented one, but you know, we will face it and we'll do the best that we can and we'll emerge stronger. So I'm all about looking at the future, figuring out how can we as independent retailers survive the next upcoming months? What does survival mean to us? So figuring out exactly what logistically what that means and then figuring on uh, figuring out what my customers are going to need and how can I deliver that? Because they're going to need us more than ever before. And as the incoming chair of Astra, I think you'll agree with this. I don't care what industry you're in. Now is the time you should be supporting your local trade industry organizations, because if you're an independent toy store operator and you've been like, "Ah, I'm not really a joiner. Now is the time because you need each other. If you're a member, if you're a speaker, now is the time to join the National Speakers Association. If you're a plumber and you've never looked at the, I'm sure there's a National Plumbers Association. now is the time because I think each of our communities are stronger together than apart going into and eventually coming out of this crisis. They definitely are. And, and I would echo that even on a tactical level. I saw something on a listserv um, a few days ago that was downright inspiring. Someone in a northern state had been issued a, a state order to cease operations and they found a way to kind of argue that they were essential because they were selling educational things. And so she put that language up and I think she sent it to Astra saying, hey, this is what my petition looked like. Astra's in the process now of getting that information out. So from a very tactical level to how do I stay in business? What are other retailers doing to survive? All the way to, I might have more time and maybe I need a little boost or I I need some creative energy. I'm gonna reach out to my other Astra members. There's never been a better time to to be a member of Astra, we need each other more now. And frankly, some of us have more time to connect than we have in the past. <laughs> well, Amy, thank you for taking the time to connect with me and the cool things entrepreneurs do community. I appreciate this. We, I was so engrossed in every single thing we've said. We've run a little over a half hour, which I do all the time, but I never thanked the sponsor of this episode. Gotta do that. This episode was brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're gonna sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Amy Saldana. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, more people are starting podcasts now than ever before, you need to reach out to Podfly. Go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the special offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Amy, if someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I don't live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I got to know more about Kitty Wampus. How do people find you? The best place is to go to our social media accounts. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Kitty Wampus, just facebook.com backslash Kitty Wampus. Absolutely reach out. If there's anything I can do to help anybody or if, if you've got a cool idea for me that we should all know about, please reach out anytime. I'm a big fan of yours, Tom. Thank you so much. Awesome. And I look forward to being at the Astro Marketplace uh, uh, event this summer when it happens because I'm an optimist. We are selling toys this summer. 
Yes, we are. Thank you for that. <laughs> awesome. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the show? So thank you for being part of this cool things entrepreneurs do community. If you like the show, go tell a friend. Most people find it because someone told them, hey, you should listen to this show. And then they stick around for more episodes. You can always go back into the archives over 550 shows going backwards and 550 more to come in the future. I promise. Hey, uh, get out there, flex your entrepreneurial muscles. We need you more than ever. Make sure you're doing the right thing for yourself. Make sure your ladder is against the right wall. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.